Hello, and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. My name is Alyssa, and today Maggie and I are going to share some tips and tricks and things that we love to use um, for clinical use of guitar and music therapy sessions. And we're even going to venture into talking about adapted guitar lessons as well. So let's get right into it. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you all. Yeah, now they can see our faces. Yeah, <laughs> that's so odd, isn't it? I know. <laughs> yeah, I used to just record in my pajamas or whatever, and now I have to look a little more put together. So <clears throat> I um, kind of threw it out there to the team, and so I think we can just go ahead and maybe share what Elizabeth um, had put in there and answer these questions for us. She couldn't be here this morning, so I'll just kind of read what she said, but then Maggie and I will jump into a conversation about it from our, our own thoughts and experiences. So um, I asked if we could each maybe just talk about like our top two or three tricks for using guitar in our sessions, either when we're using it or when our clients are using it, and this is what Elizabeth said. She loves to utilize open tuning, such as open D, because it can provide immediate success for the client at making music and allow them to focus on the strumming. When they're ready to start using both hands, they can simply bar the fifth and seventh fret to play a three chord song. The chord buddy is also a useful tool to allow clients to make music immediately and focus on strumming and holding the guitar before having to focus so much on the really fine motor skills required for chord changes. Both of these techniques take the pressure off of the client needing strong fine motor skills and they help to build their confidence and coordination until they're ready to work on those fine motor skills, dexterity, and isolating their digits. And I will just take a second uh, to plug our music therapy and beyond shop because the team has been hard at work to create um, different chord buddy color coded uh, lead sheets that look really awesome and they're super functional. So if you um, are using a chord buddy and looking for some song inspiration or don't want to have to take the time to try to recreate a color-coded system, we've got it covered. So head over to our MTNB shop to check that out. Um, <laughs> but Maggie, I'll turn it over to you. What are some of your ideas or tips and tricks? Yeah, sure. So a lot of my clients really love to strum the guitar but they struggle with just gently strumming the guitar strings and a lot of them will try and like grab them. Um, so I found that using adaptive mallets has been really helpful. Um, so either figuring out if you have adaptive mallets that best fit their grip, or sometimes I even make them, um, myself, um, but just trying to figure out what grip is most successful for them. Um, and having them strum that way has been really cool. Um, and, and can I just cut in here too, with just like another thought on that? Yeah. I think that also makes it more accessible to, um, clients or maybe students that wouldn't normally 
qualify for guitar lessons or like ever have access or be allowed to play guitar, especially if they can't hold it, or maybe they have really limited use of like their, their hands or their arms, the adapted mallets, I think is a really great idea because it kind of opens up a whole new world of like who can access playing the guitar in a situation where they maybe never would get to otherwise, which is super cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. Um, so another fun way that I have kind of used guitar, uh, it's kind of a one-off guitar situation here, but, um, (laughs) use the, um, technology that we have like iPad. Um, I think iPad is really great. Um, garage band on iPad is awesome for accessibility. Um, they have the guitar on garage band that you can, strum with just a finger, just your touch, you know, yeah. um, the sound is also pretty good too. Like it's not like a dinky guitar sound. Um, but I also really love using that. And of course, technology is cool and it gets your kids interested. Um, so that is another way. Um, and then also another, uh, kind of one-off thing for the guitar is, uh, using it as a percussive instrument as well as a melodic instrument. Um, A lot of kids, their minds are blown when I start tapping on the wood and it starts making a rhythmic and percussive noise. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that the guitar could make so many different noises, you know? Um, But yeah, using that. And then if you have a percussive part in a song that you're Um, singing, using the guitar as a percussive instrument during those songs too. I think it's pretty cool. Um, Gives it a little bit more dimension and a little more um, interest, you know? And then um, one last thing uh, that came to mind when um, Elizabeth was saying to bar the chords on an open tuned guitar, Mm -hmm. the thing that you could use is a, a slide, like a metal slide guitar slide yes <laughs> this barring chords is so hard um it's hard for guitar players so i'm sure non-guitar players also would find that very difficult so using those slides um helps apply the right amount of pressure on the guitar totally and i love that you're thinking about like non-conventional ways to play the guitar because like in the world of guitar if if you know that there are a lot of ways to get creative then it like it makes sense but most people just think about like sitting around a campfire just like strumming like one three and five chords and so like anything beyond that seems like uh crazy or like whoa I would never have thought about that but there are so many ways to think about it and like really get creative with the instrument Um, as you were talking about, especially like the percussive playing, something that's even fun to do is instead of, um, if like, I really want to lead a percussive part or, um, maybe the emphasis is on cueing with a rhythm or something and less about the strumming, I'll still form the chord shape in my left hand because I'm right-handed, but I'll like pat the strings um, are over the sound hole. So like you hear the chord, but it it comes off as like a percussive pat instead of a strum. And it like kind of gives it a cool sound and you can like mix and match that with like chords, but it makes like a, 
almost like a cajoni resonance sound, if that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, that's just, it is just a fun little thing. Those are awesome ideas, Maggie. Thank you. Uh, so one of the thing, one of the first things that came to mind uh, to answer this question was similar to Elizabeth's um, open tuning. I am a big fan of alternate tuning. Um, and so like dad gad, for example, D A D G A D is one of my favorite go-tos, um, for, because you can open strum it and it sounds cool, but, um, it's like a great starting point also for getting comfortable with, um, like once they're comfortable with the strumming and the holding the guitar and those things kind of starting to ease into fretting with their hand and you could do it on like one string at a time, which can be a really cool, um, improvisational exercise too. You could say, you start by saying like, okay, pick one string and then fret around on that one string and see how it feels, see how many sounds you can get out of it with whatever key we're in, you know, the, the groove. Um, and then you could say, okay, now add two strings. I get to play around with two strings and kind of like start to noodle that way. Um, it's also just a fun exercise for your own comfortability with improvisation. But um, I recently had a client do that and it was really cool, like what he was coming up with. Um, and it can be a very like, um, music led cognitive challenge of like, I mean, those are like instructions. So following instructions or being expressive and just the exploration of that, um, within like the structure of a groove or, you know, right. collaborating yeah. on that can be super fun. Um, one other thing that I think of is colors. I am a big fan of using color coding, um, in all, all of its forms. So whether that's stickers on the fretboard or like color coded music, like for the chord buddy, or even a different colored system, um, makes it really simple to introduce basic chords. Um, and when I think about this and I think about adapting the guitar to be playable, I think it's important to remember the goal of why our clients are playing the guitar. Like is it to become a guitar aficionado? Probably not. It's most likely instrument exploration, attention, fine motor skills, cognitive tasks, learning new leisure skills, um, all of those things. Huh? I said self-expression. Yeah, self-expression. Absolutely. And even some like communication type goals, but none of that requires like music theory knowledge or technical skills. And they can still use the guitar to accomplish those things and have fun and sound good. So I think it is totally okay to like really stretch how they're exploring the instrument and it doesn't need to be technical or, you know, all of those things all the time. Um, but then my last thing is, uh, more for me in combining, um, guitar. This is a, just a fun little improv trick that I've been using when my clients want to use the piano, um, is I will play in the key of F sharp on the guitar. Um, which usually looks like playing an E in capoing. <laughs> um, but then they get to play on the black keys of the piano. So it's kind of like a fun little, you know, black keys groove. And you could take that into any genre that you want to. Um, so sometimes I'll throw on like an F sharp 
um, pad or like an ambient, uh, backing track kind of sound. And then they just get to explore away. And then I just like follow them on the guitar and then it instantly sounds really cool and can be very, um, especially with the ambient music, it can be very like, uh, I guess calming or relaxing and then you could start to pair breathing with it and it could just be a really, really cool regulating improv experience. Um, so yeah, the clients can just kind of take it from there and get as creative as they want to. And then, yeah, it's really, really simple to set up, but that's, that's a fun little thing that I've been into lately. So very cool. Yeah. Now I'm curious because Maggie, neither one of us were guitar primaries in our degrees. Um, so what might some advice be to newer music therapists or therapists who's, who may not be most comfortable on using or with using a guitar on guitar? Um, how did you become more comfortable with using it and kind of stepping out and exploring a little more during your sessions? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is just playing. I mean, playing around on the guitar, um, for one, not always just sticking straight to the chords, um, but just taking time to explore the instrument myself. Um, and then also playing with others, um, has been really beneficial for me personally. Um, you gain a lot of knowledge and tips and tricks from other people that you might not have thought about before. Um, and then, I mean, trying to find enjoyment in it for yourself. Um, I think you and I both play a lot of our own favorite songs on guitar. Um, and that's just kind of a way of our own self-expression. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just want to encourage other people to do that as well, if they feel comfortable doing that. Cause I think that, um, it just brings a lot of enjoyment and joy, um, to the instrument. So, yeah. yeah. How about you? I think one thing is, um, really doing that exploration and like kind of taking those chances and like practicing those things in private first and not putting pressure on yourself to like, okay, I have to learn this crazy guitar riff, um, because I have a session in two days and I need to do it for that client. Like taking the time to practice those tricky things or the things that like you're nervous about in just with yourself, because you can mess up and no, no one's going to know if you mess up with yourself. And even if you mess up in front of other people, that's okay too. But like taking the time to practice and like, I know for me, um, like I took guitar lessons for a long time before I ever went to college. And so in those lessons, one thing that I remember having to really overcome was like this fear of like improv on the guitar. And I, I'm not, I'm still not very good at it. It's something that I still need to work on. Um, and I've hung around with a lot of guitar players that are really good at it and it makes me want to be better. But one thing is just like, start simple and start slow. Like maybe just pick a scale or a really tricky key that, that you like want to master and 
um, start, you know, like set a backing track tempo or a metronome or like a groove track or something. And just take that scale and start with like whole notes as you improv and then move to half notes and then quarter notes and then eighth notes. And then next thing you know, you're kind of moving all around and like you're, you're doing a a jazzy jam or a bluesy something, you know, something that might be really tricky. Or maybe it's just, you pick like two chords, Mm -hmm. two difficult chords that you want to practice and you just go back and forth and then you add a groove to it and you add different ways to play in your right hand. And, um, so just like not setting crazy goals of, I'm going to be like a master bluegrass player by next week. And I'm going to be crazy good. (laughs) You know, like that, that takes years and years to build up skills like that. And so just starting small bite size goals that you can accomplish and kind of building your confidence and then taking it to the next step of, of, playing with somebody else, I think does definitely go a long way. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But I think you were absolutely right too with, especially for us as therapists, like finding, um, finding the ways to play that fill us up and bring us joy. And like, you want to practice if you enjoy what you're doing and you'll become more comfortable if you're like having fun and like the way it sounds. So if there's like, a song or even just like a part of a song or an element of a song that you really love start with that and maybe break it down a little bit, but yeah, just doing it (laughs) really just doing it's going to make you better. So now let's talk about, um, adaptive guitar lessons, which is a little bit different than using guitar for a music therapy session. And sometimes the lines get a little bit blurry there. And I guess it depends kind of on the client and the goal and like what your philosophy is around that. But, um, if you can maybe speak to how you think about it or how you kind of go about setting that up for, for people, or just like, what are your thoughts on adaptive guitar lessons? Yeah. So I personally have not had any adaptive guitar lessons to this date. Um, all of my adaptive lessons have been on piano. Um, but, uh, I think just trying to figure out ways to make it most successful for, um, people initially. Um, so, I mean, hopefully, you know, a little bit about them before they walk in the door, but if you don't, (laughs) um, you know, just trying to make everything as accessible as possible and then build up from there. Um, you know, I think, I think that's, uh, my thought process on that. And in that way, it's probably, probably similar regardless of whatever instrument you're teaching. Like, obviously you have to start yeah, from kind of the ground up, but I think too, the, um, kind of the main difference between just a regular music lesson and an adaptive lesson has to do with all of those, like the non-musical therapeutic goals, which also would be very similar across the instrument that you're using, like attention to task or following instruction or gross or fine motor skills, those types of things. And so 
I think you're right. Like accessibility is the key and starting with the building blocks of those skills before introducing like chords or theory, you know, like how much theory do they need to know about the guitar to be successful at their instrument? Like how much, how, how in the weeds do we really need to get before they are able to play different rhythms and notes. And sometimes I think too, that's even maybe not starting with the guitar necessarily on those things. Maybe it's rhythm sticks for a little while until they kind of get it. Or then they practice with an open chord until they can strum in different rhythms or with an adaptive mallet until they're comfortable, you know, changing their hand positions or that type of thing. So I think it can look very similar to all of the ways that we talked about. Um, But then of course you would kind of, the goal would be to move beyond that to greater independence. And eventually you would introduce like proper chord sheets or music or, you know, like more of the, the technical side of playing instrument. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, are there any challenges that you've found when giving adaptive piano lessons that you feel like would transfer maybe to guitar or any instrument, just challenges in general? Yeah. Um, I was actually just thinking about this. Um, so one thing that I have, um, seen is music theory can be very scary. Um, I'm scared of it. And I like had to study it. Um, it can be very intimidating and kind of discouraging too. Um, so finding creative ways around that, um, there is something, um, called piano by numbers system. Um, so I have utilized that a lot in adaptive lessons. Um, so instead of, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And for a lot of people, that makes a lot more sense. Um, and it's easier to explain than, oh, it only, you know, use your alphabet, but only go to B or, you know, Mm -hmm. to G, A, whatever. (laughs) To G. (laughs) See, it's tricky. (laughs) Um, yeah. So just, utilizing a different way of thinking about, you know, an instrument like that, uh, has made piano specifically a lot more accessible. Um, but then transferring that over to guitar is something that I haven't done, but I think that you definitely could do. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think, um, just finding creative ways like that, um, alternate forms of thinking. I feel like that's kind of the heart of adaptive lessons, um, is getting creative and thinking outside of the box and being a little more non-traditional in your approach. Um, so it's fun, um, but it is a good challenge. Absolutely. And I think too, like, I think it can also be intimidating maybe for, or at least I've, I'll speak for myself. I felt this way. I don't know if anybody else, I'm sure others could relate, but, um, the idea of giving, uh, lessons, like a lot of music therapists give 
music lessons. But for me, um, especially on guitar, because that's not, that wasn't my primary instrument. That's not, that was an instrument that came last in all of the ones that I've learned. Um, so it's a little bit daunting for me to think about like having to teach that to somebody else. And sometimes I feel like, well, what if I don't know enough to be able to teach them? Um, but I think one thing to keep in mind too is oftentimes these students are looking for adaptive lessons um, to build a lot of the foundational skills that they would need to be able to succeed in more traditional lessons. So like, especially within a music therapy setting, like a lot of the things that we can teach them are more therapy based goals or like skills that they need to learn for music in the classroom or, you know, a, a, a traditional music lesson. Um, and those are all things that we do know how to teach really well and kind of work into what we're doing because that's what we do like every day anyway with like our therapeutic considerations for every music experience that we present or create together. Um, so I think for me too, rather than getting wrapped up in, Oh my gosh, at what point are they going to outlearn when I'm able to teach? It's kind of like reminding myself, okay, but I, I can help them with all these other really valuable skills um, and we can practice all of those things while staying within my scope of knowledge um, and setting them up for success, even outside of here. Yeah. So um, I think too, that also brings up another beautiful point of always learning from your clients as well. Yes. Because uh, they, they will always bring in something new that you haven't heard of before and just being you know, humble and present enough to be like, yeah, I did not know that. Thank you so much for showing me this. You know, yeah. uh, I think that can also be really empowering for those people too. Absolutely. Yeah. Giving them the autonomy to like have choice or take ownership over the things that they're learning, because it's the same thing for that. We just talked about for us, like if we're having fun or getting to play the music that we love, then we're going to want to yeah. Same exactly. thing for them. <laughs> I like, I, I had a wonderful, uh, piano teacher growing up. She's amazing. Um, but so many times, like I've heard people say, Oh, I, I quit playing piano when I was a kid because I had a terrible teacher and it wasn't fun. It was really like our lessons were really like stodgy or they were boring or not fun, you know? Um, and that's never how it was for me. Like she would let me bring in songs that I wanted to learn or genres that I really loved. And of course, all of the technical things too, but I felt like I had more buy-in or like co-ownership over what I was learning. Same thing yeah. for my beginning guitar teacher. Um, like he would say, okay, what songs do you want to learn? And those are the ones that I would bring in. So it's kind of the same thing. Like, um, because it was fun, I wanted to, and I feel like I got so much more out of it than if someone had just like assigned to me. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's really important. I think for anyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To buy into that. Yeah. That's good. Any final parting thoughts? I think we've given some really good ideas and, um, I will, 
say here that I'm going to link in the resources, um, some previous episodes where I've talked about guitar and how to beef up your skills in different areas. There's tons of free online lessons and resources to like gain some of these skills or comfortability in, in trickier areas of guitar playing. So I'm going to link some of those in the resources, but Maggie, do you have any final parting thoughts or words that you want to encourage our listeners with? Um, just have fun. Um, I feel like that's just kind of the heart of what we do is having fun. Um, yeah, have fun guys. (laughs) Yeah. I think that pretty, that pretty well sums it up. I would say, um, don't put too much pressure on yourself and have fun. Just explore, stay creative. Right. Curious. Outside the box. Absolutely. For show notes and resources in today's episode and all episodes, head to our website, musictherapyandbeyond.com. Reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all the content and announcements. We'll see you next time.